So as we continue spending a year with Jesus today, we're, we're starting out a new series. and It's called Camping Out with Jesus. We're all focused about summer camp. And uh, we're taking a fun summer approach to some of the foundational teachings of Jesus this month. And we wanted to take a step back and just kind of remember growing up and going to camp. And it's, it's great to hear adults and older people talk about camp. We went to camp and the building was falling down and we loved it, you know, things like that. Uh, and singing those camp songs. We've got some more coming throughout the month. And, uh, but you know what, Lorna? There's one more camp song that I'd like to sing. Uh, it's about these guys. They, they built houses uh, one was foolish, one was wise. I got it. Can you help us out with that? Yeah. Can we Ready? do that? You guys know this you song? You guys know this song too. Ready? Go ahead. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up, but the house on the rock stood fast. But the foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. Guess what happened? The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock went smash. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's my whole sermon. There's time for lunch. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Boy, they were quick to leave, weren't they? <laughs> As I was preparing this series, I really got to thinking about all the things we do uh, around summer vacations and family and when we go camping and, and you know, go out to camp or just summer vacationing. And, and I got to thinking about how we do things when we're away from home that we don't normally do. Uh, for example, one of my favorite things to do in the summer is I love going to the beach and I love to build sandcastles. Now, what you need to know about me is I don't like the sand, Okay. <laughs> I, I don't like sand being thrown at me. Uh, I don't mind if I'm playing football or volleyball and I like get sand on me. But if you put sand on me, it's on. Okay. I will lose my religion. I just don't. I don't like it. All right. But I love making sand sculptures and, and things kind of like the video. There's no way I could ever make something that cool. But one of my favorite things to build in the sand is, is a drip castle. And I don't know if you ever built one of those, but you, you start off, you just mound up a big pile of sand, and you have to do it relatively close to the shore, and then you just kind of scoop up water and sand, and you just let it, let it drip, and, and you let it run through your fingers, and then we moved to Alabama from Florida, and we moved to North Alabama from Florida. There's no ocean. There's no beaches. I was so glad when we went to Port Mallard, and they had a little beach area off the Tennessee River, and I was like... I could build sand castles. I could build drip castles here. And I love when we go out there. We actually have season passes to Point Mallard. And Mitzi and Dylan and I go out there. And Dylan and I just, every once in a while, we'll spend like just four hours sitting out on the lake. We don't even go to the water slides. And we just start building this drip castle. And we just get it as big as we can and as tall as we can. And sometimes it falls over and just start back. And I just, it's relaxing. It's almost therapeutic. The, the sand kind of running through your fingers and 
It's also very frustrating when, when that one little kid just walks right through your drip castle, <laughs> oblivious that you're even there, and uh, they just kill your drip castle masterpiece, and, but I'll talk about that in just a bit. <laughs> Speaking of sandcastles and destruction, did you see how that thing just blew up on the video? It just, it's amazing. Can you imagine spending all that time to make such an amazing masterpiece only to have somebody blow it up in front of you? There was, there was a, an actual TV series, and that's what they called it, was Sand Blasters. And these teams would gather around. There'd be three or four teams, and they would build these ma- amazing sandcastles and sculptures. And er- the foundation of those sandcastles and sculptures, every one of them, was a certain amount of TNT and, or dynamite or whatever it was they used to explode sand these days. It could have just been a water cannon, but it wasn't. But they... They would do that, and depending on certain judging qualities, you would end up, you know, three or four people would get picked, and then if yours was good enough, you got to pick a random A, B, C, or D, and whoever owned that number, their sandcastle just got blown up, and then they had to start all over. The good news was that person had an extra hour to catch up with everybody else to redefine their sand sculpture. So it would have just driven me crazy as a sand sculptor to watch that be blown up. I just can't imagine somebody just, I get frustrated with the little kid at Point Mallard that, that walks into my drip castle. <laughs> yeah, that's a two-day job. Before we get any further, will you just pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that we could be here um, again, that we can celebrate in song and, and worship, that we can remember uh, some of our own camp or summertime or family vacation experiences, a a little bit of a nostalgia as we come into this, uh, just a a moment of of foundational teaching from your son. I I pray, Lord, that as we talk about this, there there are several elements. And and Lord, I I don't want those to get in the way of what your word is saying to us today. So I pray that you would prepare our hearts. I pray that your spirit would move amongst us, that we would know you're here, and that that we can definitely... uh, know where our foundation is as we leave here today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. As we look at sandcastles and foundations, I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. And as we go through this text in Luke, I want you to think about what kind of foundation you have built your life on. Uh, better yet, I want, to think, I want you to think about what kind of foundation that you are building your life on. Or if you're a parent, what kind of foundation you're building your family on. Are you providing a firm foundation where, where your kids can grow on and, and make mistakes? And know that it's okay to make mistakes because the foundation is firm. Are you, are you building a, a foundation that's continually strengthening? Are you continually strengthening your foundation um, through things like prayer and study and service and fellowship and worship. When I'm looking through Luke chapter 6, we need to understand a couple of things. One, what's recorded here consists of a time frame. It didn't all happen in just like one 45-minute section of life. It happened over a period of a few Sundays, a few Sabbaths, if you will. And, and, and so the time frame is, is kind of stretched out a little bit. It's very clear, though, that before Jesus, at the end of Luke chapter 6, talks about the wise and foolish builders, he lays some foundation for his audience. First off, Luke writes about one Sabbath, he says, at the beginning of Luke chapter 6, and and I'm going to skip around 
in Luke chapter 6, which means you have to read through it this week so you can make sure I didn't mess anything up or make something up, okay? So, but as, as we start off, Luke, Luke says, one Sabbath, Jesus' disciples, they're walking and they picked grain from a field and they, they kind of chafed it out in their hands and, and they ate the grain while they were walking. And, and they, were, they were called down for that by the Pharisees. And Jesus says, to them, he first off he refers to a time when King David and his men ate consecrated bread, and then in verse in verse five, Jesus says to them, "The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath." Okay, he 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 starts off right away with a foundational truth right here, and he tells some of his audience something that they didn't want to hear, because what he says, he just told everybody that was listening that he was Lord of the Sabbath. He just, he just claimed who he was, and and it frustrated them. Verse 6, on another Sabbath, Jesus healed a man whose right hand was shriveled. But just before he healed the man, he asked, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy it? Essentially, what he said there to his audience, including the Pharisees and other religious teachers, he said, hey, what are you building on? What are you building on? You see, right here, Jesus is just blowing up the foundation of the Pharisees. They had made such a ritual of the Sabbath, such a legalistic day out of it. And on two different occasions, he's all, he, just within, I would assume, a few weeks' time, but he has upended their thought process and their understanding of what they had been doing. The first one, he says, the Son of Man uh, was made, is the Lord of the Sabbath. And then the second one, he's challenging them what's, what's better to do, to do good or to do evil, to heal or destroy, to build up or break down. Man. The Bible continually goes through Luke and, and it says little things in there like the Pharisees are trying to figure out a way. What do we do with him? And little little words like that. But I want to jump down to verse 17. And in verse 17, Jesus shares with his disciples and everybody who's listening what Luke calls blessings and woes. And we often refer to these as the Beatitudes and we usually read them from Matthew. Okay, so as you kind of go through those and you look at them, you're going to see some some similarities there in Matthew. But he goes on at the end of that and he encourages everyone that's listening and reading. He says about love for our enemies. And in verse 27, he tells you, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Verse 29, if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So here we are. Luke is just continually building on these foundational truths and things that Jesus is challenging the people around him with. What are you building on? Luke continues in sharing Jesus' teachings about judgment and about judging others, and about removing the plank in our own eye before trying to take a speck out of someone else's eye. And, and you have to realize that that particular scripture, that works for, for Christians, that works for us, okay? Um, we, can't, we can't remove anything from the world if they don't yet know who Jesus Christ is, okay? So when you read that, it's not about us judging other people who are outside of Jesus, it's about us holding each other accountable, but making sure that I don't come to you to straighten out your sin when my sin is just flagrant and out there. Okay, it's about, it's about a, a, a family, if you will, being accountable to one another in love and honesty and in encouragement. 
Okay? So sometimes we get hung up on that when, when we go to talk to somebody. Hey, I don't know you should be going to that movie. Hey, why don't you take the speck out of your own eye, plank eye? That's the stuff we want to say. And, and it's not like that. It's about us being able to be accountable with one another. Okay? Uh, I just want to caveat that. And I have to ask, what are you building on? You're going to get tired of hearing me say that today because I say it about four more times real quick. What are you building on? That was one. Jesus talks also, he goes on, he talks about trees and fruit. And he talks about a tree and how a good tree bears good fruit and how a bad tree bears bad fruit. And he explains to each one of us, or to us, that each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And so, so my question for you out of this particular section is, what kind of fruit are you bearing? What are you being recognized as when you're at work or at school or at church or at home with your family? What kind of fruit are you bearing? Are you bearing fruits of bitterness? Or are you bearing fruits of joy? What are you building on? I appreciate how Jesus goes on and he says in verse 45, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Again, what are you building on? I think that was four right there in a row. What has been stored up in your heart throughout your life? You see, because a lot of times we we get to this point and we go, you know what? I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to turn a new leaf. But we turn that new leaf, except we still hold on to those things that we've been storing up in our heart. And, and so in, in that question of what are you building on? What's been stored up in your heart over the years, even after you've been baptized maybe? What's, what are you storing up in your life? What have you been storing up? Have you been storing up good? Or have you been storing up evil? And now I know a lot of you are like, whoa, hold on, back up, Fat Rock. We're Christians here. We would never store up evil, would we? I guess that depends on what your definition of evil is. Because when you break it down, if sin is sin and there's no, no sin meter in God's eyes, then we're all guilty of storing up evil at some point. Let me put it down this way to you. If you, haven't, if you have taken part in stirring up dissension, if you've talked about someone instead of talking to them, you're guilty of storing up evil. If, if you're holding on to some secret sin that no one knows about, and you're allowing that to just get the better of you, you're storing up evil. Um, if, you, if you know that you need to forgive someone, and then this is the one where we, we, we jump back real quick as Christians, and we go, well, Jesus says I have to love them. I don't necessarily have to like them. You know? If you know that you need to forgive someone that has hurt you, or maybe you feel hasn't been there for you, Whatever the reason, you know where you are in life. You know whether you need to forgive or not. You know whether you need to seek out someone's forgiveness, maybe. And if you haven't done that, you're storing up evil. You're opening yourself up to just be a a vessel to store up evil. Guys, as long as we seek comfort from the world and not from God, we're storing up evil. As long as we're putting ourselves first and others last, we're stirring up evil, storing up evil. If we're building our lives around anything other than Jesus Christ and his gospel, we are laying a foundation that will inevitably stir up and store up evil. What are you building on? As we look at verse 46, the wise and foolish builders, the reason we came here today 
That's the whole sand castle. We're going to be a wise builder or we're going to be a foolish builder. Verse 46 says, Jesus says this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. Verse 49, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a visual person and I like to see words in action, so to speak. So we've put together a little hands-on visual for this next part. And I need, I need a volunteer and... I need a volunteer, a real excited volunteer. Jesse Faust, come on up. Yeah. Come on, it's camp. Clap for Jesse while she comes up so we don't have awkward silence. We don't want that. All right. Now, if she can't do this, I may need to call on someone else. It's a heavy bucket. Come around here. Don't bump the table. Easy, easy. Okay. Now, <laughs> what we have here, this is going to be good. <laughs> We have two houses. One house, I like to call it the farmhouse. Uh, it was built on a firm foundation. And, and for our people who are listening online, uh, we don't have video yet. But this house is sat on three bricks. It's a firm foundation. Our other house is, is a log cabin. A bit of a fixer-upper, but it's really, it's a one-room, nice log cabin for camping. And its foundation, well, it's sand, Okay. And here's the thing. When the torrent comes, this is your part, torrent's in the bucket. Pour it in. Yeah, you can do it. I can't get dirty, so that's why I had you do it. Um, I'm just saying. Mitzi said, don't get those clothes dirty playing in the sand. So, you got it? Do you need some help? Do you need a lifeline? You do need a lifeline, or yes, you have it. Now, Lorna's here to aid you. Oh, look at you. All right, here comes the torrent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it goes. Oh, man. Look at that. It went splat. Thank you, Jesse. Yes. That's awesome. There's little pieces of it floating around the house on the rock. See? The, uh, thank you. Try to get down these steps without falling. I told you we were going to take a fun summer approach to some of the foundational teachings of Jesus. This particular teaching about foundation, I think we sometimes overlook it. We, you know, we see it as a cute children's lesson. There's a great, a fun little song. They built a house on the rock, splat, rain, floods. About foolish guys. And about the foolish guy's house going splat. And, and this whole thing, <laughs> this is where my ADD kicks in, because this whole thing, Oddly reminds me of a conversation I had with Dave Youngin a while back. <laughs> and he says to me, he says one day, I don't know if you can ever use this in a sermon or, or in life, but I was driving through Huntsville the other day and I saw the strangest thing ever. And I thought, well, that's not too odd because anytime Dave and I are together, something strange always happens. Uh, he says there was this old blazer truck, Chevy blazer, pulling a trailer. And I'm like, we live in Huntsville, Alabama. That's not strange. And he goes, no, hold on. There's a, he's on the trailer was a refrigerator. <laughs> okay. He says, 
but the refrigerator was just strapped down with one little strap. And behind the refrigerator was this little skinny guy holding it on. <laughs> and they're driving down the road. <laughs> he said, I thought, wow, you know, I'm no engineer, but even I know that one refrigerator plus one small strap plus one skinny guy <laughs> multiplied by 35 to 45 miles per hour all gets divided when you hit an Alabama pothole, okay? <laughs> I figured that out. Much like our little demonstration with the water table and the sand, okay? <laughs> you see, even if you have a solid foundation, if you don't build on it, or in this guy's case with the trailer, if you don't secure yourself to it or secure your refrigerator to it, when the bumps in the road of life happen or those sudden turns happen, it just doesn't go well. Okay, yeah. We had a great job of, of pouring the water. The torrent came. But in short, when nothing is what you build on and nothing is what you hold on to, then nothing is what you end up with when you start hitting those bumps in life. We've got to be holding on to something. Or like Jesus says in verse 49, But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Notice what he says there. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. Perfect example. Uh, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Not that it only fell over a little bit. Because here's the thing. A little bit of rain and a little bit of wind, the house without a foundation may seem okay. I've, I've been to Mexico. I've been to Haiti. I've been uh, into the Mediterranean. And all the places I've traveled, I've seen all these different types of houses. Some of them you wonder, how come it stays standing when the sun shines on it? <laughs> Let alone when the rain comes. And then when a real storm comes... And you see that some of those houses are still standing. But I've, I've also seen places like Haiti and Mexico after a hurricane with lots of flooding. Those houses are gone. There's nothing left. It is very true. When, when you build, like I said before, when nothing is what you build on and, and there's nothing to really hold on to, that's what you end up with when those storms come in. When that torrent hits, well, my, the only good part in the movie Twister is at the end. The tornado's coming, and I don't know if you could really do it or not. I'd like to try it. But they grab the harnesses, and they, they strap themselves into the well because they're like, it's hundreds of feet deep. There's nothing left but two people hanging on a pipe at the end of the movie. Everything around them is gone. There's some merit to that. There's hundreds of feet deep. There's foundation in that. You see, the moment it gets struck, it collapses and its destruction is complete. When that torrent comes, and in case you're wondering, torrent is, is the strong, fast moving waters, the flood, the deluge, the violent and copious outpouring of Mother Nature. When that comes on you, if you've not built your life on the rock, on the foundation that is Jesus Christ, you're just not going to be another pretty sandcastle blown up and destroyed. That's what you're going to end up like. You're just going to be scattered everywhere. And no amount of, of reverse videography will bring you back to where you were before that. They just blew that thing up. And the only way to put it back together was to run the film in reverse. The good news is for us that 
we can be put back together a lot easier. It doesn't have to be that way. Remember, just remember this. Whenever you think about what you think you're entitled to as a Christian, the sandcastle doesn't belong to itself. It belongs to the builder. So this whole thing about foundation was really about you and I as the sandcastle. So when you spend time building something like an amazing drip castle at Point Mallard and some little kid just walks right through the middle of it and knocks it over or they step in it or the water comes and washes it away, you spend all that time building it, you get upset. Those guys, sandcastle blown up, they lost the competition, they're upset. Your beautiful creation is destroyed by the end of the day. God feels the same way about us. When we allow the world to do these things to us, you see, the difference is he created us in his image. It's not just him. It wasn't just God playing in the sand, making something. He created us in his image. He gave us his words to live by. He sent his son to be the final sacrifice for our sins. He has provided us with all of the ingredients to construct a firm foundation including salvation through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Oh, we just have to mix them all together properly. It's, it's kind of like concrete. The basic concrete, the basis for it, is crushed limestone and what they call granite aggregate. And then there's another aggregate like fine sand and then some cement that's called Portland cement. I don't know why. It's just what it is. And and then it's materials that are part of this Portland cement that are like fly ash and what they call slag. In foundation work, the concrete alone isn't enough. You can take all those things and you can mix it with water and you can pour a foundation, but it's not strong enough just on its own. It has to be reinforced with steel. But even if you have all those things and you never add water, you've got your concrete, you've got all your piles together, you've got your steel, you've got everything you need, you've got your form laid out. If you never add water, all you end up with is a bunch of piles of rock and metal. So what kind of foundation are you building for your family? What kind of foundation are you building for yourself? Are, are you willing to take all these things the message, the sacrifice for our sins, the fact that we're created in God's image. All these ingredients, you're willing to put them together to form a, a firm, strong foundation. Or are you just going to let them sit there by themselves and hope the best happens when the torrent comes? It's all about our foundation. Young people, what's your foundation being built on? Grandparents, what have you built on? Here's the cool thing. We all, we, we have all the things we need to build a foundation in Jesus Christ that will last no matter what. We just have to add water. And, and the neat thing about foundations, as I've learned in reconstruction projects and things like that, you can come into an old foundation. You can add to it by reinforcing it with other materials. So it doesn't matter where you are with God. You can always reinforce your foundation. It's never too late to come back to the basics of your foundation and rebuild on that again. Because a firm foundation that is deep will last a lot longer. That's what things are all about today. 
As we sing our decision song, I just want to challenge you. If you're ready to, to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, whatever that looks like for you, will you come? If, if you need prayer, if you need accountability, if you're ready for baptism, whatever that is, there's never a bad day to start prepping your foundation. But don't wait. Make that happen. Will you stand and sing with us?